Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 128. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I am your host, Steven Morioka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. hey And Aaron Trailer. Oh, what's up? That's me. Hi, Aaron. Glad <laughs> to have you back on the me. show. <laughs> I am so, so very happy that you were able to join us for this one. We almost had a very close call. And also because you're one of the, actually, you're the only person who has been on all four of our seasons of the show so far, uh, thanks to this appearance here. So I'm very happy you can make it. Wow. Yeah, it's it's always here to be on. Thanks for for having me. Um, Yeah. Excited to talk with you guys. There's There's a lot to talk about. There this is, is. Uh, this oh, is going to yeah. be a pretty cool episode. There's been like all kinds of tournaments this weekend. Uh, it kind of hit me by surprise. I'm very excited. Yeah, so we're going to get uh, started here by uh, just, you know, kind of reminding everybody of the time we're in. Uh, still in the pandemic, COVID-19. It is March 2021 in the middle of it. And it was last year at this time where we lost our season, essentially, on the circuit. No more championship points were being awarded anymore. I want to say it was like March 17th, 2021. That became official. That was the last uh, cutoff date. And uh, we've been in this uh, limbo state. So uh, we've gone with the grassroots. We've gone to the Players' Cups and stuff. So that's the point we're at right now. So I don't know. What do you two just think of uh, where we're at one year later? Uh, yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool how many tournaments there are online because, uh, I don't know if this was like, I honestly forget pre pandemic, but, uh, I always felt that like, you know, you look at Smash Bros or something, they have really strong grassroots scenes and like we're really, really married to the, uh, handouts. I get not handouts, but like everyone really cares about championship points and worlds for the most part, unless you can't make it um because of like region issues or travel issues um and then when that all went away it's sort of like well like what do we do and it's kind of cool to have uh a bunch of tournaments crop up online i think like what's been going on recently with desafio and vr which of course we'll be talking about today um those like miniature circuits that they've been doing are have been some cool replacements to you know get people interested in trying in multiple tournaments building up towards something and um you know, leading to still some great hype finals that you would see at the live events. Uh, so this is really, really, uh, I, I, it's been cool to, yeah, like you said, just to get the grassroots scene, uh, you know, kind of a kickstart because, like, of the lack of anything else. Yeah, and I think, like, Series 8 has been, like, weirdly competitive for what it is, you know? Um, it's just, like a like, a... It reminds me of Series 6 more than any other format we've had before. Uh, it, like, we, we have it for three months, right? One restricted, and we're used to having two restricted Pokemon. And, like, all of a sudden, there are two competing circuits, right? The Safio and VR. There's a ton of grassroots every weekend. Um, and then there's the Players' Cup, uh, regional and, uh, global finals, uh, <laughs> at sort of like the midpoint of it. Um, and it's just like there's a lot of, com- like competitive pressure for what uh, could have been a throwaway uh, rule set in uh, you know the middle of a pandemic. Um, so it's kind of cool to have that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agreed. Um, just uh, you know, thankful for all the opportunities everyone has to play in these. You know, really just keeping competitive Pokemon alive because otherwise it would, it would be very much dead in the water. But um, you know, speaking of keeping you know competitive Pokemon alive, we also have uh, 
Aaron Yu, pretty much the head honcho of Reddit, the subreddit r slash VGC, here with us today. And uh, we just wanted to ask you, you know, because you're very involved with that scene, um, just, you know, what it's like been uh, running that uh, website over there, you know, that section of the website over there, you know, and what else it offers. You know, we've uh, I've seen that you host, uh, you know, coaching and like, you know, just learning opportunities with workshops. And also you've had uh, Reddit, Reddit uh, circuits as well. So tell us about all that. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I guess I'll just start out with like my idea for the Reddit, which I actually had uh, in the middle of 2018, I guess, when we were going to go for, uh, like, it was actually right before we put NPA on Reddit one year. Um, but I sort of realized that it's really hard to find, you know, you get excited about competitive Pokemon VGC, like you learn about the circuit, and it's really hard to find uh, resources for it. Um, and I was like, where are people going to go? Are they all just going to, like, go to Twitter and hope to find the... Uh, uh, you know, like 300 accounts that they need to follow to really be like a part of this community. Um, are they going to go to like a YouTuber and like watch them and like maybe subscribe to them? And like, that's their interaction with everything that we have going on. Um, and I thought that there was like a nice niche to make like an easy, uh, entry point, um, for everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been running for a year and a half at this point. And like, since then we've slowly expanded, you know, uh, we didn't have a Discord for a while because I really wanted to make sure we could do it right. Um, and we have a happy Discord. Um, and, uh, yeah, and like, uh, I sort of see it as, um, you know, I think a lot of, uh, people who are really, really involved with BGC, um, you know, like top cutting all these tournaments, uh, playing in every circuit, um, they, uh, know a lot about the game, but, uh, might not really understand things from, uh, the perspective of somebody who, like, really loves Pokemon and, like, wants to, like, learn a little bit more about what we do. Um, and, uh, like, it's really hard to do that. Um, and so, uh, in, you know, the past 18 months, I've really learned a lot about what it's like to, like, start Pokemon from scratch. Um, like start competitive Pokemon from scratch, which I did like 10 years ago, right? Like it's been so long since I started playing competitive Pokemon and like really relearning like, oh, like this concept isn't something that people like end the games. You know, they don't like uh, end the games with like, they don't beat the Elite Four and then now they know what like EV training is or like why it's good to have fire, water, and grass type Pokemon at the same team. Um, and so everything we do is sort of like to make experiences for those players to feel uh, at home and like they have a community supporting them. Yeah, I think that's great. I sometimes forget like, you know, how fundamentals maybe don't come super easy in the very beginning because, you know, all three of us, you know, we're uh, we're seasoned veterans. So we've just been around for a while and we're probably at this at the same point. Some other people were you know, just learning as we were going along um, all these, you know, uh, competitive aspects of the game. So I think it's great that there's a place for people to, you know, find all these resources, kind of like how Nugget Bridge used to be before uh, that hack happened and they, you know, were thrown into the ether so um you know it's nice that reddit popped up here and uh you know i've i've seen that uh, community there and i like it a lot like it's lovely thanks yeah um it like uh so uh it's like it's got it's uh, the 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 content of the reddit itself right like i can't control it right like i got a bunch of stuff to do um and i do my part to moderate it um and uh i think one thing that's a little unfortunate is that um it's like uh it's a Reddit, um, which has pros yes. because we get like visibility, um, but it also has cons because you know, um, like 
you know, an experienced player might do like a really good job, write up a really nice post about all the tournaments that are happening this week. Like I had, um, I had Cedric, Cedric offered to do that for a couple of weeks and I was so grateful because it was getting tournament opportunities to, uh, to people who might not know about them. Um, and that got 10 votes, well, like 10 up, up dudes. We, <laughs> the term is up dudes. Uh, and then somebody's like Kabuto team got a Kabutops team got like 150 up dudes and like, it, it's a little discouraging when I like try to like get what I think is like like quality content that's gonna like help people um like learn more about us about like what we do um and uh, have that happen but at the same time you know like people are interacting with VGC they're making cool teams like who am I to tell like a boot ops player that their team uh might be weak to a grass type or two you know <laughs> like uh. Um, yeah, so that's one struggle. And I think that turns off a lot of people, like, you know, like a lot of people who might be, uh, listening to this podcast, <laughs> like they might have had that sort of experience with the Reddit. But, um, there are a lot of really, really quality interactions that you can have on the Reddit. Um, like, uh, we had a thread on like, oof, what was it? On like, why out, al- like on Ally Switch, right? Um, and you know, on, on Twitter, you mm-hmm. know, you get your 100, your, oh, we don't, it's a uh, two, 280 characters. And it's like, you know, like Ally Switch bad and you get like 100 upvotes. Well, no, they're likes on Twitter. Um, but on Reddit, you know, people were writing paragraphs. Um, and like, it, it didn't have to be like people who, uh, had played the game, you know, for years and years and years. Um, but like people were writing like really well researched paragraphs and it was some of like the best discord, like the best public discourse, um, on the game that I've read. So it's kind of like, look for the gems, you know? Mm-hmm. That is kind of like something unique to it. It is that, um, that nature of, uh, you know, anything can be written on there and like, uh, you know, it just comes, you gotta take it as it comes and goes basically. Um, yeah. You know, the, the the other websites will put out, like, you know, team reports from, like, top players and stuff. But this is where, like, people can really come together and interact with each other and, you know, kind of uh, post what they want on themselves and interact with the posts that they want. Because, like, uh, for example, if somebody... I think that it does uh, rate my teams and stuff uh, a lot better than anywhere else I see. You know, uh, there's people that are able to get out what they're working on and get responses from other people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all about the rate my teams. Um, and like, the rate my teams are like the most divisive thing, um, because, uh, they're the most, like, the thing that, like, most people post. Um, and it's one of the biggest, like, turnoffs, I think, for, like, uh, experienced players who, like, really want to interact with the population, like, want to, like, post things and have them, like, take off, want to get insight that helps people, but the rate my teams are a flood that will never stop. Um, and to me, like, rather than, like, trying to enforce something on them, well, the first thing is I couldn't enforce anything on them because the amount of, like, moderation effort it takes to do that is actually really high. Um, and, like, uh, I'll get back to that in a second, but, like, I think rate, like, the rate my teams are kind of, like, a symptom of the fact that, like, a lot of players, like, want to play VGC, team building is really hard, and they know that it's hard, but they don't know how to, like, do it in a way that's satisfactory to them. Um, and so, like, if they're struggling, they'll just, like, ask for help, like I would to my friends, right? Um, so, uh, I think that's, like, a cool thing. Like, it's a, a symptom of a problem that, like, team building is really hard to do. Um, but, like, uh, the thing that I want to get back to, which I. Just about moderation? Forgot. Moderation, yeah. So, I think, like, especially with this game, right? Like, the thing about Pokemon um, is that information 
<laughs> is everything, um, as I'm sure both of you guys know. Um, and like things change so quickly. Like a resource that's out, like that's outdated by two months isn't useful for me, like, pl like playing for Players Cup anymore. Um, and the fact of the matter is if you, uh, if you spend all your time curating content and then something happens to you, right? You're like, Oh, like I need to focus on my team for like Players Cup or I need to focus on, you know, real life for a couple of weeks or something. Um, if you're, if your platform is like focused around you making content and publishing it, like any of the old article sites, um, you know, that just stops. Like, it's, it's, it's stopped. Um, and like a lot of like good, well thought out, you know, VGC blogs, uh, have been kind of like, uh, like laid to waste by that, you know, sort of like, uh, sort of like, you know, like a viewing gallery of VGC 18 and then nothing since, you know, like the old Nugget Bridge forums, um, right? Like, uh, sorry, like, uh, archive. Um, but on the Reddit, like, I don't have to make any of that content. Like, the content comes to me. So I can do, uh, I can make sure, you know, everyone's doing okay and having, like, a community that, like, is, uh, you know, supportive. Um, but I don't have to, like, like, the content enforces itself. Mm -hmm. It makes itself. It makes itself. Yeah. Um, which is, like, our niche. Yeah, and I think that's great. You know, it's just it's coming from the community and everyone gets to, you know, input and, uh, you know, react to what they want to. So, um, you know, there's a lot to, um, you know, to do and see on that subreddit r slash VGC. I think uh, there's a lot of uh, opportunity there for people to learn and, you know, just to, you know, also help and teach others about the game here. So um, there we honestly could spend a whole episode just talking about this topic. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's I a think, lot more. <laughs> yes. So, you know, there's opportunities to play there. There's opportunities to learn there through your workshops and uh, the circuit tournaments that you run alongside uh, Barris Ecos, otherwise Billa. So um, a lot of opportunities there from the Reddit. So I'm sure there's going to be another one in the future. So uh, thankful for you both doing all that. Now, I think we're going to move on to... We have uh, three large tournaments to talk about this uh, weekend. Two were online. I believe one of them was in person. Look at that. Um, how nice. And I think this, uh, well, let's start off with this, uh, live event, which was held in Taiwan. This was another, uh, regional in Taiwan, part of their circuit that they've been, uh, holding, um, in this region part of the world. And, uh, this eventually is going to lead up to one of their nationals in the summer, I believe. So, um, we're just going to go off, go start talking about this regional here. These results can be found on, uh, victoryroadvgc.com, uh, and look for, uh, the regional Taiwan Regional League. Uh, this one was held in Kaohsiung. I want to say that's how you pronounce that. Uh, 134 players. And we are going to start just uh, by talking about these teams. They had uh, played Swiss. I'm pretty confident that this would be a closed information tournament because it was just, you know, back to regular Pokemon and live events and stuff. So um, our winner here was Wu Chen with a uh, very... Another, with a Yveltal team. So uh, we have Yveltal, Arcanine, Tapufini, Regilecki, Landris, and Registeel. Now, I don't know about you two, but this thing looks like a very slow-paced team to me. Like, it wants to play defensive, <laughs> and it just sets up endgames. I mean, Steven, if you didn't believe Registeel was real uh, before, do you now? Oh, I believe it. I believe it, absolutely. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of crazy that this Pokemon is uh, so much better now that we have, uh, I don't know, Clear Body being a much stronger ability uh, with, like, Dynamax, and um, on top of that, uh, Body Press, Iron Defense Body Press being an endgame on its own. Uh, just the ability to 
set up defensively while also setting up offensively uh, is not something that you see often in VGC, but the way that it works with uh, specifically this strategy, it's really cool that it's able to uh, make it all the way to the top. We see it a lot with uh, Ferrothorn more often, but Registeel uh, has its own niche in that it's not completely messed up by fire types. Uh, it's not messed up by much at all, uh, besides like, you know, Sacred Sword or absurdly strong, super effective moves. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Uh, I think, like, especially with Eveltal, like, they're cool partners because Eveltal teams, like, for the most part, tend to, like, shake out in a really similar way. Um, and, like, I think Registeel brings a nice, uh, change of pace, although that, that change makes it much slower, but maybe that's okay, uh, for the Eveltal sort of, like, train. Um, so that makes me, like, kind of excited to see that at the top. Yeah, I also think we can't just gloss over how there's just an Arcanine here winning this tournament. Like, we haven't seen that Pokemon yeah, in a year. That, like, that is uh, really that. crazy to see. Again, no Incineroar, but uh, Arcanine just takes the top instead. I was going to say that, too. It's just like, man, uh, we've, we've got some Incineroar wins this weekend. Don't worry. There's finally some good Incin results to talk about. But it, it is funny that, uh, you know, live events come around and, and Incin's still not winning. Uh, it's not even in the finals. Uh, and it's, you know, old buddy Arcanine, like, the Pokemon that it is tossed to the side uh, to the point of irrelevance, especially in, like, these formats. But apparently not. Uh, Arcanine finds a niche here on an Eveltal, so you may guess to prevent the double-up on Dark-typing. I uh, see Eveltal and Incineroar together all the time, so I don't think it's uh, never... It's never been too detrimental, but I guess Arcanine was the, uh, the Pokemon needed here. It could... I mean, it could be... Uh... The first thing that like comes to mind is like the speed difference. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and then after that, it could be something like you know, uh, helping hand or safeguard. Uh, I guess there's Tapafini, uh, or uh, maybe like a choice band set. Um, mm -hmm. this one was uh, flamethrower Will O Wisp, as far as I remember watching. So, uh, uh, like, I, like you said, I think it's that speed difference is the ability to like, um, you know, Incineroar can parting shot things. Um, but it does that a little bit slowly, whereas Arcanine can Will-O-Wisp before uh, a good number of attackers and, um, you know, is maybe a bit stronger into, um, other Pokemon that, like, have, like, clear body, you know, uh, that you can't parting shot out on, so. Yeah, for sure. Also, I just want to bring up, um, I'm not sure if, I didn't know this, um, until recently, but, uh, Wu Chen has, uh, qualified for Worlds the past four years, um and uh played in day two in 2016 and 2019 um that's i think that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool fact and so it's pretty cool to see them uh you know uh wrecking this regional with a couple uh with a couple of old-timey favorites man i am uh sad though to see that the uh team that was a runner-up did not take it all um i was watching a <laughs> bit of this live and it was breaking my heart i was rooting for uh, of course steven our mascot uh drampa here uh -huh. in the finals um and uh, it also made it into top 16 it seems like two players uh they had mentioned working together uh using the same team uh this team is from uh I'm going to say Sai Chen Chen, something like that. Uh, apologies for any mispronunciations. And uh, we saw, um, this is probably Lu Chen Ting. Uh, again, sorry if there's a mispronunciation, but uh, that was the other player who used this team. And that is uh, Zacian, Dusclops, Tapu Fini, Rotom Heat, Rillaboom, and Drampa. Oh man, 
this this team is uh out there. Uh I think um yeah, we <laughs> might have even linked it. Uh no, no, when I was saying out there, I don't mean like the the team is crazy. It definitely is crazy. I meant that it's uh out there like uh you can look at it um uh the not the full rental uh but like the uh the statless whatever version of the team uh is out there. Uh we're currently looking at it in um but uh, untranslated, but I I have the translated version of this, Steven. So like if there's any choices that you're wondering about, we could talk about them. Um and yeah, so like some of the things that like stand out to me is that this uh Zation has in prison. Uh the Drampa is assault vest with like hyper voice, hyper beam, flamethrower, and uh snarl. Um if you had to t- think about for a second what dark move Drampa has, it is snarl. Um <laughs> And then, uh, other than that, uh, I think, like, Dusclops has Helping Hand and Rotom has Volt Switch, and Finny has Haze. So those are, like, uh, otherwise some pretty standard sets on the Pokemon, but, like, uh, some some interesting choices here, especially that Imprisonization. I think I think Drampa is actually super-duper cool because, uh, you know, Drampa in years past has been terrorized, you know, since it hit the, hit the field in 2017, right? You know, you had the Tapus haunting it, and Xerneas haunting it through all of uh, Alola. And, uh, you know, earlier you had, uh, you had Dragapult, but, you know, I mean, Dragapult's still good, but it's not everywhere. Um, and the Fairy-type, uh, you know, Zacian doesn't really run a Fairy move, so all of a sudden uh, Drampa's typing is actually kind of useful <laughs> um and so i think it's cool to like really see it get its full due finally yeah and it's uh it's got uh so it's the typing is sick uh Drampa has access to three pretty solid abilities uh i was always um partial to the berserk ability in the years past but uh that's better left to uh you know multrace a pokemon with like stats uh nowadays however <laughs> this one was running uh cloud nine and that actually is an ability that I think uh, makes a lot of sense in this metagame. The, you know, Venusaur is such a threatening presence. Uh, on top of that, we have uh, Kyogre as well. And Drampa is just able to completely nullify the effects, which really enables a Pokemon like Zacian. Uh, Zacian is able to, you know, one-shot opposing uh, Venusaur, um, if only it's allowed to, uh, without like, a Sleep Powder or a Max Ground or a Max Flare coming its way. And to be able to just go for Behemoth Blade before it moves, because you have Drampa on the field, the two of those just standing next to each other, and you can't do anything about it with your standard Sun Team, that's so, so cool. Yeah, I love that. I love that aspect of it. And you can't just undersell the Imprison on that Zacian either. Like, uh, just thinking about, you know, I can lock out Protect from the rest of the team as long as Zacian's still on the field. And pretty much all other Zacian that are running, you know, standard moves in Behemoth Blade and Sacred Sword, they can't do anything. So that's just phenomenal. It's really funny. Locks out those Protects too. Like, it, it's, um, it's fun. I, I, uh, I've, like, encountered the team once on ladder. And, um, it came down to, like, a Zacian versus Zacian endgame, and, uh, yeah, it, it just clicked in prison, and I was like, well, that's the game. <laughs> you can attack, and I can't. <laughs> that, there, there we go. <laughs> yeah, imagine sitting down around one at regionals, and, you know, you're like, yes, great positioning. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bad positioning. It can be at, like, you know, 10%, but as long as it's the faster Zacian, it's going to be able to close up that endgame. Um, it's not like Imprison is a, is a, uh, certain amount of turns either. Um, it lasts for as long as it's on the field. So, uh, you've just completely nullified all their options. So, uh, very cool. 
Um, and a pretty solid team here. Um, going down the line, we have um, a Ice Rider team in top four uh, from Ting Yu Lang, uh, uh, otherwise known as Haru, I think. And uh, that, that team is um, Calyrex Ice, Incineroar, Tapu Fini, Thunderous, Incarnate, Amoongus, and Dusclops. So uh, this is a uh, this is a pretty standard build of uh, Ice Rider stuff, and um, I, I actually ran something very similar to this uh, several weeks ago. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is just a you know a compilation of good Pokemon with uh, good defensive capabilities, and you know put around a uh, Ice Rider, which is a Pokemon that has very strong offensive and defensive capabilities. Uh. How often do you see Thunderous and Ice Rider together? Is that something... Because I remember you had a Moltres in that slot. Is that something mm-hmm. that you think uh, you know, you see frequently? I don't think so too often. Um, we've seen a lot of people favor the Mimikyu approach to Ice Rider teams lately. And those seem to enjoy something like a Regieleki. I don't know. The, the idea maybe is that Thunderous is providing Defiant, uh, which is like helpful for... Uh, preventing Incineroar from just switching in and all over this team, and then there's um, uh, there's uh the Shadow Rider teams. Those are like the the main sticking point for Dusclops. Uh, Shadow Ice Rider teams is Shadow Rider can do a lot a lot of damage, and so Thunderous, of course, if it's wearing an Assault Vest, uh, having a Dark Move, it can help out uh in that matchup quite a bit. Um, maybe even more than Moltres, considering that Shadow Rider teams tend to load up on Electric types. Uh, they load up on yeah. <laughs> Thunderous, on Aleki, sometimes both, uh, and so you know the fairy coverage too. Uh, whether it's a Max Draining Kiss from the thing from the Shadow Rider, or like a, a Moon Blast from a Whimsicott. So Thunderous uh, does all right against uh, some of the matchups that it has trouble with. It just doesn't exactly fit the pace of the team, is my thought. But it definitely uh, was able to shine on this version, and um, yeah, I, I'd recommend. Uh, people try it and you know i might be interested in trying it myself considering this is a team i'm so familiar with yeah and our uh so good good stuff from this team here and we have more good stuff from our other semi-finalists in uh kuchao chen uh this was a tornadus kyogre team so we have a uh, kyogre tornadus and then zapdos spectrier metagross and an urshifu uh unknown form i would it was actually, uh it was know, dark it was the dark one cool so um glad to have that confirmed and um, you know, we just kind of have like a Tornadus Kyogre, and then it has a four really strong, solid Pokemon around it as well. Um, Spectre can synergize with the Metagross doing uh, Bulldoze stuff. I would imagine Metagross has that weakness policy on this team. But, um, you know, Kyogre still strong Pokemon that can uh, put punch holes through teams. And you have the rest of the Pokemon, you know, kind of just, uh, you know, sitting in the wait. This looks like, uh, this is honestly the most like series seven throwback from what I remember. I don't know. I didn't play a ton of series seven, but like this looks so much like the things that were shining in series seven put next to the classic torn ogre. Yeah. It, it, it really reminds me of that. Cause it, yeah, the brutal swing, it's gotta be brutal swing thunderous, right? Like, uh, sorry, tornadoes. Uh, um, yeah. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like Steven said, there's also the potential for a bulldoze from Spectrier. Uh, Spectre has proven to be a decent supporter. Um, you know, it, it's got options, um, almost effectively, um, you know, like a, like a dual screens Pokemon. It's got the Snarl. It's got the Wisp, uh, to you know, kind of keep both sides in check. Um, a solid option in, uh, Shadow Ball for attacking. And then, you know, from there you can pick Bulldoze, Taunt, 
protect. It's a solid supporter. Um, this format and the last and and the fir- and the next, I guess, if you want to say, uh, <laughs> if you want to look at it from that perspective. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, if there's any other teams that we want to mention here, we've got so many uh, tournaments to cover, so many teams to cover uh, that we won't be able to get to uh, all of them or like as deep as we might like to. Um, so, um, uh, like, if there's any other team here in this uh, tournament, Aaron, that you wanted to give a uh, quick mention to before we move on along. No, let's move. We got a lot to cover. Let's move on. Yeah. I just <laughs> want to mention how the four players we just talked about, they're all earning buys for the upcoming Nationals with their finishes here. So, I'm sure we'll get to talk more about them um, down the line. So, congrats to those four players. Oh, man. And Steven has talked about how buys are busted. Yeah, Aaron knows this. You know, you know how you know how broken those were in 2012. Yeah, that was kind of a big deal. Oh yeah, they were they were yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah, that nationals. Uh, there were a lot of buys <laughs> going around. Yeah. Did I have one? No, I didn't have one. I I I went four two at regionals. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I bubbled out of one. I got third and I needed Ooh. second. It's like, oh well. Oof, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dog. <laughs> you deserve one. I'd give you one post hoc. Thank you. Like, what is it? Nine years later? No, that's that's too far. Wait, yeah. no, that is right. Oh my god, that is right. Jeez. Yep. Yep. Anyway, like Alex said, <laughs> let's move on to our next tournament, which was the uh, grand finals of the Desafio Latam tournament. So this was um this was a circuit that has been run, you know, for a while now, and they finally got to their grand finals portion of it. And we have the top 16 teams here. We're going to talk about the top four. And our champion was Marco Fierro from this tournament um, using a colossal team. Now, uh, this overall tournament had, I think, Swiss of 40 people. And they cut to a top 16. And then the top 16 played out in bracket, of course. But uh, Marco Silva, who otherwise goes by Marco Fierro, won this one with a colossal team. Also having Dragapult, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, Incineroar, Amungus, and Zacian. So, um, we've seen a lot of this stuff before, but what's different here is that I think, um, actually, I don't know. Was this Dragapult Scarf or was it something else? I don't think this one was. I think this one might have been Life Orb. Um, I'm not 100% certain, but, uh, yeah, this is the same team that we've been seeing from, uh, Mike D'Angelo as well as maybe even other players. I think just last week, somebody else was using it to success at one of the VR tournaments or something. Uh, maybe the Battle Room tournament, Steven. I don't know. Um... But yeah, this this type of colossal build is uh, really shining, and um, it, I I don't know what's the uh, the key factor here. Whether it's that uh, Zacian is, uh, you know, really well. Uh, I don't know. It's a really good partner for colossal. Uh, if it's that this uh, this has an Amoongus, which is a Pokemon that we don't see a lot on uh, some of the older colossal builds. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but it's it's a very very uh, threatening team. Uh, it's just the idea that. Vocalith is constantly chipping down at you while there's a Zacian across the field that, um, you know, takes any Pokemon that has taken chip damage and says, uh, you don't get to sit there comfortably, uh, without, you know, <laughs> being threatened to be O-Code. Yeah. Um, I actually just looked it up. It is, uh, it is Life Orb Dragapult, you know, gonna be really going after those Colossal with Surf, but, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, it's also a close combatization, which is, uh, I'm not sure if they're all running that, but that's cool because there's nothing worse than a sacred sorting into a defense dropped Pokemon and having it do regular damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
True. But uh, I think what makes these teams sort of like special to me is that they are great Zacian teams that have a one mode Pokemon that can really just mess you up that you have to be ready for every turn of the game, you know? Because um, Urshifu is like one of the sleeper hits of this format, I think. I've lost so many games to people who just uses their last Pokemon and then it comes in after all my Pokemon are chipped, you know, much like Vocalith gives chip um, and, uh, you know, runs through my team. Uh, and Dragapult and Zacian are really strong as well together. Um, so I think that's like, to me, that's what terrifies me about these teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this just gives this just gives you more of a more uh, options outside of Colossal because uh, obviously with the Zacian having close combat, you know, and being able to utilize defense drops means that the Dragapult can also probably Dynamax uh, independently from Colossal. So you just leave that on the bench, and then you pick uh, two other Pokemon too. So um, so I don't know what it is, but I feel like the uh, when Zacian's on the team, it allows Colossal teams to be more flexible. And they can run more modes than we saw, like dedicated colossal. Well, obviously, if you're a dedicated colossal team, then you're not going to have other modes really. But um, it just seems like uh, more flexible and has uh, you know more options to do damage and just win games. So we see the uh, runner-up is um, Alberto Casido. Uh, I want to say, and uh, with a team of Dragapult, Ferrothorn. Incineroar, Kyogre, Zapdos, and Grimmsnarl. So this is um, a kind of a standard-looking rain team. Uh, very similar, but not quite uh, the team that we saw uh, Terran, otherwise known as Orayquaza, using earlier in the format. Um, this uh, has a Zapdos and a Grimmsnarl over that Porygon 2 and Regieleki. But otherwise, a uh, very, uh, you know, solid rain core um, that I'm realizing at this point, you know, looking at just the top uh, four Pokemon in this picture, Dragapult, Ferrothorn, Incineroar, and Kyogre, it really just feels reminiscent, reminiscent of, like, a Rayogre team of, like, years past. Oh, that's a, that's a really smart, that's a really smart uh, thought. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, yeah, I think, I think Grimmsnarl is really cool. Um, it changes sort of like how the team functions in like an interesting way uh alberto could have chosen any one of multiple uh uh multiple different move choices on grimstar to really make it challenging to play around or to uh you know boost the team or kyogre or uh whatever um and so yeah i think it's a i think it's a cool sort of like take um kyogre is kind of hard to do something new with so i think it's like I think it's extra cool for that reason. Yep, that is pretty refreshing. That's a great observation that it looks like an old school, uh, you know, Rayogre team. So that fits. I like it. I uh, I was able to find their team, and yeah, this Grimmsnarl seems to be uh, of the Trick Lagging Tail variety, um, which uh, I think has Light Screen and a Dark type attack uh, as well as the common uh, Spirit Break. I would imagine Kyogre has Ice Coverage. Uh, Assault vest Zapdos. That's a little bit di more, a little bit different. And then uh, Dragapult has uh, safety goggles with a standard four attacks, but the last move being a fire move. Uh, so like you know, dragon, ghost, flying, and then fire. Uh, so maybe it's a mixed one. Um, and this is actually uh, going against the point that I was going to make, um, which is uh, kind of furthering that Rayogre comparison. That uh, you know, Rayquaza helped Kyogre keep the weather. Uh, up 
And uh, we're kind of seeing that with um, with Dive Dragapult uh, on a lot of these builds. This one doesn't have it. But uh, when the Dragapult is running Dive, it's kind of neat that it can max Geyser for Kyogre to just click Water Spout. And uh, that can be really troubling for some of those like Groudon or Torkoal teams. Speaking of, the uh, next <laughs> yes. team, uh, the player that we mentioned uh, is uh, Terran Birdie, otherwise known as Aura Rayquaza, with a team of Thunderous Incarnate. Zacian, Gothitelle, Torkoal, Glacier, and Venusaur. Um, this is the team that uh, they used to qualify for this, I believe. Um, maybe even use this in some of the VR tournaments. Yeah, I think it was in a VR tournament. Um, and I think that this team is out there somewhere. You know, because uh, Victory Road always posts the um, the EV list versions of the teams running their tournament. Um so it's out there, I think. Uh, but um, yeah, this is a pretty cool uh, sun. Uh, I guess no, no, no. The name is Hot Dog. That's what it is. Oh, is it? That's a good name. That is good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you know this team has three sleep moves? Isn't that yeah. fun? That's a fun piece of trivia. They've all got different degrees of accuracy, and uh, <laughs> yeah. that's always fun. Yeah. I also love Glacier. Its base stat total is so high, and it like can accomplish so much in Trick Room that a lot of the teams that just really want to go fast can't really deal with. Um, and so I think it's like a really smart uh, way to go. Yeah, especially with the Gothitelle. And you were mentioning those three sleep moves. You got Sleep Powder Venusaur, Yawn on Torkoal, and Hypnosis on Gothitelle. But um, just looking at that entire team, like... Man, I'm, I just don't, it's scary to get locked on the field, you know, against a Glacier or a Zashan or Thunderous. Like, that's just very scary. So, um, this team does a lot and, you know, Tehran's proven that this can go deep. So, um, I don't know. We might see more of that this weekend from the Players' Cup. Yeah, that's, uh, very, very scary. Um, yeah, the, I'm just looking at some of these choices here and yeah, it's like that sleep powder. It's got the hypnosis, got the tell, it's got, um, an Assault Vest Thunderous. Um, let me see. Actually, this is uh, a little bit different than the version um, used in... Yeah, okay. So the Glacier was uh, originally a Landorus, uh, a Life Orb Landorus. Oh, uh, uh, got it, got it. And I think hmm. now it's a Lumberry Glacier, if I remember correctly. I'm not positive. But uh, otherwise, it's that Defensive Citrus Berry, Burning Jealousy, Body Press, Yawn, Protect, Torkoal. I do very much love that Torkoal. Um, just... So cool that Torkoal gets all these new tools that are just so sick for it. Uh, love that guy. You keep doing you, Torkoal. Now, um, <laughs> we have uh, the Weather Ball Venusaur, um, which uh, this has been a, late, uh, a trend recently. Um, and uh, I, I wanted to mention it really quick is that uh, Venusaurs are uh, dropping the poison move. Um, to, uh, you know, there's, there's always been a, a bit of a choice ever since people discovered that Weather Ball. On Venusaur is really cool in this format, um, and uh, that it does more to um, you know Zashin, Zation, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you have to get rid of the ground move, and uh, some people said, "Well, I don't want to get rid of the ground move. I want both." And so they get rid of the poison move, and um, it's actually been pretty all right uh, in my experience. You know, using it and uh, playing against it, like it, it does seem to do well. So uh, it's cool, and I, I think that like one uh, takeaway from this. Uh, that is important, uh, at least to me, when I was like looking at this, is that it, it, it is good to like mix it up, especially uh, when you're looking at Pokemon that have very standardized move sets and um, whatnot. Is like to just say 
is this move really, really, really 100% necessary, or has it just been, like, you know, nice to have, has it never felt bad, but, like, you know, could it be improved? And, uh, you know, people really did experiment with this and said, you know, like, okay, let's try it without the poison move. And it turns out it does work, uh, at least in this format. And so um, I think it's cool to just the the idea that maybe you don't always need both stab moves. Maybe you can, uh, you know, try something that do- doesn't always fit the the mold of everything we've seen before. I think that's really well said. Yeah, I uh, I feel a small amount of... Uh... Oh no! I, yeah, I feel correct because uh, I was talking to someone I was uh, working with yesterday, and uh, I suggested that they drop Sludge Bomb for Earth Power. But I was like, no, no, no! Like, I really want that consistency. Like, you can't do that. But then you know, like this, you know, it works, right? Like, uh, um, I think it's interesting, uh, and it it really you know comes down to the sort of situations that you find yourself in. Um, mm-hmm. But I totally agree with rethinking every move slot. I think it's super duper important. Yeah, such a, especially in such a different format we're in right now, like, it totally makes sense, too, like, Max Ooze does not get a power boost like all the other Max moves do, and, um, you know, considering that the most prominent fairy type is Zashan and it's immune to it, like, what do I need that for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Really cool, um, you know, I, I just like that trend, I think that it has uh, some cool thoughts behind it. Now let's move on to our last top four team, uh, from, uh, Jesus Jimenez. Um, and this is a team of Hydreigon, Amoongus, Incineroar, Thunderous Incarnate, Lapras, and Zacian. So, um, just a pretty standard Lapdog build, um, Lapdog and Hot Dog here in top four. And, um, you know, Hydreigon being the, uh, I guess the most standout Pokemon, though it's seen plenty of success up to this point, and we've talked about it. Um, this is a, otherwise a pretty standard team. Uh, um, yeah. I'll take a Hydreigon. second to look and see if there's uh, anything um, uh, specific to this team, but go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll just give you a quick update on my experience with Hydreigon. Uh, I've used it in one of the Victory Road tournaments, um, and it's pretty cool. Like, its typing is actually, you know, for once, you know, for the first time since, like, 20, uh, 2014, it's actually, like, a benefit for it, I guess. Um, it, uh, you know, there aren't that many fairy types, and that's okay. Uh and uh, it really makes use of that. It just uh, falls short on the power, uh, kind of surprisingly. You know, 125 base special attack is like a lot. Um, but without a boosting item, you know, out of max, um, you know, and everything's health bar is so huge these days. Uh, you know, you really have to make the most of your max and really your time bringing it. So I'd expect that this is probably safety goggles. Um, no, it's, it's actually safe- a life orb one. Um, oh, okay. I'll eat my words. Um, yeah. I can uh, mention some of the specifics in a second here, um, but uh, you mentioned that, you know, Hydreigon just doesn't have quite enough power, and uh, somebody the other day, uh, actually like a couple of days ago, after uh, talking about Drampa, and I have to mention this episode uh, while Drampa is the topic of conversation, uh, somebody was like, yeah, Drampa's got like the strongest Max Wormwind for a non-restricted, and I was like, what? Hydreigon's in the format. Wow. What are we talking about? And Drampa's got a sick 135 <laughs> special attack to poor Hydreigon's 125. So, yeah, Drampa hits considerably harder. Let's go, Drampa. <laughs> Man, that Pokemon doesn't have stats anywhere else, but it knows how to hit hard. <laughs> we don't need yeah, to teach I this old man new so. tricks. Uh, so, anyway, uh, we've got uh, Life Orb Hydreigon with nasty plot 3 attacks. Um, 
We have the Amoongus has Giga Drain. Um, I personally prefer Pollen Puff, but, you know, being able to actually do damage with your Amoongus is good. Uh, the Lapras opted into having both Blizzard and Freeze Dry with Protect and Hydro Pump. I guess really, uh, even though this is a light clay Lapras, uh, really wanting to have the option to do damage. Uh, the Thunderous is, you know, that standard Assault Vest, Wild Charge, Fly, Superpower, but Iron Tail in the last move. Uh, and then lastly, uh, I think the one that's the most fun here is, uh, the Zacian is Howl. Oh, nice. Oh, that's, that's dangerous. That's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, so, uh, it, it's really just pairing with, uh, Thunderous here, um, you know, stacking it, uh, some attack boosts, uh, giving both of these Pokemon attack boosts. For those who aren't familiar, Howl has been changed from how it works in, like, past gens. I don't know if Howl was updated this gen or if it was updated the last gen. I think it was this gen. Um... And so Hal gives both Zacian a plus one attack and Thunderous a plus one attack. And, uh, you know, if you're really not comfortable switching in Intimidate into this Defiant Thunderous, uh, you are not going to be able to stop these Pokemon from going up and up and up in attack stats. And uh, that can get really dangerous really fast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, despite the, uh, you know, kind of classic standard look of the team, like there are a lot of surprises on here. So it's nice to see some uh, refreshing takes on, you know, one of the most, uh, I guess, seasoned uh, cores from this uh, series. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on our, ourselves on to the Victory Road Tournament, unless anybody else has anything to say about the Desafio Tournament. The um, uh, only thing I just want to say for the uh, Desafio Latam is that uh, for the resources we are looking at for this, we're just looking at their Twitter account. So this can be found at, at LatamVGC. So at L-A-T-A-M-V-G-C. And we're going to circle back to Victory Road here. All right, all right. Uh, actually, really quick, just a quick question, if anybody knows. Does anybody know the prize structure for this? I was just curious how much uh, was won at the finals here. Uh, for uh, Safio? Uh, yeah. They regularly had 220 players in their tournaments. So, and they had 10 tournaments, and let's say that half of the players are repeat customers. Cost like 4 bucks to get in. I think the winner took like 40%, so maybe like 400 uh, four hundred, five hundred dollars, maybe seven hundred, eight hundred. <laughs> okay, there. okay. Sorry, some that's, quick some math, quick, some quick math from uh, <laughs> Yeah, some, some good napkin math. And I do not know, but I feel like all this is uh, this is a good estimate, but again, unconfirmed. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, don't, don't take my word for it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh. So let's go ahead and move on to the uh, last uh, Victory Road qualifier. Um, you know, this is uh, for their, you know, five tournament circuit. Uh, this is, of course, the fifth one. And uh, this had a uh, turnout of 165 players, um, which I want to mention at this point, it was really cool that we had three tournaments going on this weekend and none of them conflicted with each other, really. Um, yeah. You know, one of them was a... Um, a not invitational, but yeah, a tournament that you had to qualify for. So it wasn't open entry. You have your open entry online tournament, and you had a live event. Three huge events going on at the same time, and none of them really uh, contracting with each other, or whatever, contradicting, whatever, whatever, whatever. But um, oh. we saw. Go ahead, Aaron. Sorry, two things. There, there are two things. First, the winner made eight hundred dollars, which I do want to say what USD, which I do want to say was the last number I threw out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Uh, the other thing is there was actually another tournament that didn't 
coincide with any of these. The Terror Challenge. Oh, uh, yes. pick up on this? I feel bad yes, like, yes. bringing on this in the middle of the podcast because um, I don't know the teams, but like, how cool is that? Like, a, it's like a 3v3 crew battle thing. Um, You know, like each person just plays each person and, you know, uh, best out of three. Um, but yes. uh, yeah. Oh, uh, God, I did see that. It was uh individual best of threes, uh, and then you know if um y- you take the score from across those best of threes to create a best of three across your I guess team crew whatever you want to call it uh to to decide who wins the round and it had a pretty good amount of uh players in it uh, some top players I know that like some world champions were in there um and uh, not a t- uh, like a couple of American teams maybe like two um and. Uh, to maybe teams from elsewhere. Uh, I had I don't have enough uh, information on the tournament, but it's really cool. And uh, you know, Stephen and I might come back and revisit this one because uh, we got to see some cool stuff come out of that for sure. Wasn't this one hosted through Japan? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Japanese tournament. I actually uh, I've been taking Japanese, but I can I couldn't for the life of me find the results for this. Um. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, I just thought it was you know worth a uh, worth a quick shout out. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, that that so yeah, all of this stuff going on this weekend. Um, a lot of a lot of cool tournaments. Uh, as we had mentioned at the beginning, uh, you know the online scene is uh, surviving and thriving. It's doing really well. Uh, so let's go ahead and wrap up the uh, Victory Road circuit here. Uh, I guess the uh, you know the the qualifiers um, because um, we still have a little bit more to talk about today. And so the um, the top four teams here. Let's start with the first. Uh, we saw the win go to Matteo Agosti- uh, Agostini, uh, otherwise known as Cam, uh, with a team of Zacian, Incineroar, Gastrodon, uh, Thunderous, Sableye, Thunderous Incarnate, Sableye, and Charizard. And, uh, yeah, this is a bit <laughs> of a different squad than uh, normal. It's got that Sableye-Charizard strategy that has been around since uh, Series 5 or so, but hasn't seen, honestly, I don't think any huge wins. Uh, you know, Sableye setting Sunny Day, having Quash, um, you know, d- d- just being a decent Charizard partner when you don't want to try to run uh, Torkoal or in the, you know, most recent format, Groudon. Um, but uh, other than that, it's just got, you know, um, some of, like, the Pokemon that we've seen do well in the format already, Zacian, Thunderous, and Incineroar. And Gastrona is here to hang out too, I guess. Yeah, Gastrona making an appearance, uh, just helping out with the uh, water weakness with Storm Drain. Um, Sableye is nice because it's got the Prankster Sunny Day, and um, with other weathers, you know they can uh, this the what, setting up Sunny Day does not get changed by switchins from other weathers. Mm-hmm. That is an important thing to mention um, with that Prankster. Uh, it it is really annoying, you know, if you want to switch in your, you know, Kyogre or whatever other uh, weather setter to try to stop this, and um, you can't uh, because Sunny Day the the that will happen after the switch. Um, it can be really dangerous, and um, that that can be especially tough for like uh, the like Kyogre teams like we saw in the finals here from uh, Giuseppe Alario uh, with a team of Kyogre, Cinderace, um, Talonflame. Reggie Alecki, Serena, and Reggie Drago. And uh, really quick, I want to say that um, I feel a lot more validated having lost to this team uh, from this player uh, <laughs> like a, two weeks ago. Um, I completely was dismissing this. I was like, man, this team looks so random. I just don't even know what to think of it. Uh, double Reggie uh, with the new guys. Um, Talonflame, bringing it back, and Serena. 
So honestly, all of these Pokemon are just like, well, no, like you see Kyogre and you see Regieleki, but otherwise Cinderace, Talonflame, Serena, Regidrago, these are all Pokemon that are super, super low usage and um, really come together to create a uh, awesome composition that uh, completely messed me up back then. I, I was, uh, I think I was using a Zygarde team that week and man, oh man, th th this team was uh, threatening. I think it's kind of interesting that the teams that did really well in this tournament seem really, really dependent on what Pokemon you lead, because Sableye is very strong right now because of its safety goggles, um, and uh, Will-O-Wisp, which messes up way more uh, Zacian and uh, Sun game plans than you really want if you're playing either of those teams, um, but Sableye can also feel kind of like... Uh, well, it can feel... It can feel uh, rough to use if uh you know it's on the field and you've burned one of their pokemon and all you can do is really like quash your foul play you can get in situations really quickly where that feels kind of rough um and you know it's hard to switch it out uh, in and out because it's sableye and i kind of like imagine that the second place team feels a little bit like that as well you know um you get behind uh uh in leads and uh all of a sudden what are you going to do like switch in your talent flame uh, or, you know, your uh, Reggie Drago that needs all its health. Um, but I think it's really interesting that they both ended up on top. Um, I think it really, like, speaks to how important the first few turns of the game are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Sableye, it, it, it can be really troublesome if you are expecting it to uh, do anything, like, take any hits uh, with its, like, 380 base stat total. Uh, it is really, really down there in terms of stats. Uh, but it turns out being a ghost type, being a prankster, and having uh, a certain set of moves, a certain set of skills, you might say, uh, can be really, really cool. Um, yeah, otherwise, uh, Steven, do you have any thoughts on this uh, second place team before we uh, kind of talk about what rounds out the top four? Mostly that it's just a surprising team to see do well, um, because like you said, like it's a really bizarre looking composition. It's like, does this thing really work? And it uh, turns out, yes, and... Um, there is just a lot that, uh, works well for this team together, you know, that uh, counters a lot of the common, uh, stuff out there. So, um, just like priority from blo blocking priority with queenly majesty. And, uh, just, uh, you know, there's a lot of sort of support options here that are kind of hidden that you won't necessarily see, uh, immediately, but, um, yeah, let's move on to the rest of our top four here. Um, we have another colossal team from Danielle Spuntarelli, and, uh, this one is, uh, colossal Zashin. Uh, Rillaboom, uh, Dragapult, Urshifu single, uh, Rapid Strike, and Landorus Therian. So we've seen a uh, ton of different Colossal Zacian variants. You know, we've seen some with uh, Scarf Dragapult. This one has Life Orb as well. Uh, we've seen like just a ton of variants of Zacian Colossal teams in general. Like we've seen some with Clefairy, some with Ndidi, some with uh, just a different restricted altogether too. And uh, you know, Colossal. Uh, just isn't going anywhere. Like it's been doing well in a myriad of different tournaments, and um, you know, I uh, again, it's Players Cup, so expect Colossal to do big things in <laughs> Players Cup three. Yeah, yeah, it it can't go away. I think it's really interesting that everyone chooses like the same Colossal formula um, when they pick a Colossal team. Like, I don't think it needs that. I think like it's sort of just like gravy. Um, like, I was kind of, like, thinking to myself today, like, uh, what would happen if you put, like, Colossal on, like, a Kyogre team and, like, kept the Dragapult with, like, 
you know, you can turn the Surf into, like, a Max Geyser for Kyogre or something. Or, like, what would happen if you, like, changed the Urshifu to, like, Urshifu Dark? Um, just, like, I don't know, because, like, it, I think there's, like, a lot of room. Um, but, like, obviously, it's, like, a very safe uh, choice. Um, and, actually, did you guys catch this game? Uh, Danielle uh, played this team versus uh, Marcus Statter in the top 16. Um and Marcus had a Calyrex Ice and a Clefairy. I uh, I watched bits and pieces of the pieces of it, and it looked rough for Marcus. <laughs> it looked very <laughs> rough for Marcus. Uh, it was, I mean, so like what was rough for Marcus was uh, not the colossal, um, but just the uh, the challenges that Zacian, Rillaboom, uh, Urshifu, and Landorus gave the uh, the hard Trick Room Calyrex team. Um, and, you know, Marcus, fantastic player playing out of his mind, but, uh, Danielle's also a great player, and, uh, Marcus could make every correct play that he wanted to and just couldn't really do anything, um, which I, like, it really spoke to me, like, wow, um, like, Zacian, <laughs> Zacian Colossal stuff is for real. And, uh, something else that I think's worth mentioning, you said, like, a lot of these, uh, compositions end up being very similar, um, Something that we saw in uh, Japan uh, that hasn't quite, like, people have experimented with it, but the results haven't been up here yet, uh, is the Dragonite Colossal team. Uh, Dragonite's really cool in that it has almost like a blend of Dragapult and Urshifu in it. Uh, it has the Aqua Jet to side proc, um, but it has the ability Inner Focus, so just like Dragapult, it cannot be faked out. And... Uh, it's really cool if you're looking for like a uh, kind of a bit of roll compression while also the ability to do other things. Uh, the, spe- the set that they were running specifically was Ice Punch Extreme Speed, Dual Wing Beat, and Aqua Jet with a Safety Goggles. And uh, the cool thing there was that uh, a lot of the common choices into Colossal uh, might be a, uh, you know, a Sun Team with Venusaur, or you might see a Landorus. And um, what you can do is just kind of uh, switch things up go for an Ice Punch or a Max Hailstorm and uh, completely mess up both of those Pokemon. Uh, Max Airstream giving it a strong stab option while also being the best max move in the game. Um, you know, there, there are some cool uh, other ways to run Cole that aren't this, but obviously these are the ones that are doing well. Dude, I don't know. I don't know why you got to steal my thunder there. Like, I was going to mention Dragonite as well because that's what I've been playing with. Um, and, you know, I feel like once we get back to C or once we get to series nine, which is also to series seven, um, Dragonite is an option worth looking into. Like it's even worth looking into now. Um, but once we get back to series nine as well, like you can see, uh, Dragonite, you know, there's a lot of potential there. Just inner focus is, has become a lot better this gen. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of flexibility there, uh, too. Now let's go ahead and move on to the last team, uh, a team that I know far too much about. Yeah, um, I want to hear. From uh, John Who. Um, yeah, John uh, has been running this this silly, silly Bisharp Aerodactyl team. Um, I think John cut the previous tournament, uh, previous VR tournament as well, and uh, has just barely snuck into uh, tied for 16th for the, uh, the total VR circuit. So um, might be sneaking into the finals for this uh, with this uh, team of... Zacian, Incineroar, Aerodactyl, Thunderous, um, Dragapult, and Bisharp. Uh, some of the things here might not be what you'd expect, because, you know, it's John Who. What else? Um, John has got, um, you know, an Aerodactyl, uh, which is going for Rock Slide, Wide Guard, Tailwind, Dual Wing Beat. Uh, that's, like, you know, fine enough. Uh, Aerodactyl does have Unnerve, 
which means that if it's going for a max airstream, uh, you will not be able to eat that Koba Berry uh, that we see often enough in the format. Um, and then the Thunderous is not the Defiant set. Uh, Defiant set. Leave that to Bisharp. Um, this is a uh, Prankster Thunderous with uh, Eerie Impulse, Thunder Wave, Thunderbolt, and Taunt. And then uh, Bisharp is an Assault Vest set with uh, Sucker Punch, Iron Head, Dig, because, man, it probably doesn't get any better ground move. And oh, uh, Stone... <laughs> And Stone Edge. Doesn't. Ugh. How bad does that feel? Getting your Charizard taken out by a Bisharp. I would yeah. be very sad. I would be distraught, most likely. <laughs> um, I think what's so cool about this is that this this team has some of the wildest stuff I've ever seen. And this was like as serious as you get with open team sheets online outside of Players' Cup. Um, and, you know, it, it really went hard in this tournament um and i think there's like a lot of cool stuff um so huge props to john who this might be my bisharp fandom <laughs> shining through <laughs> or my john who fandom you pick one uh but uh yeah i i love this i was gonna pick both i don't know the bisharp was uh doing pretty well it's got that dark typing which um was relevant because you know satellite can't use prankster will-o-wisp on it uh, unlike all the other physical attackers, uh, I guess, besides Incineroar, which is immune to Will-O-Wisp from Sableye for multiple reasons. Um, that's kind of fun. But yeah, the the Assault Vest on it allows it to um, kind of do what other uh, Steel Ground-type coverage Pokemon do, which is just stack the boosts, um, the defensive boosts, whether it's a Steel Spike or a uh, Quake, um, allowing it to live a lot longer. And that can be key when you're using a Pokemon as frail as Bisharp. Um, that doesn't have also like the best defensive typing. But um, yeah, other than that, uh, it, it's a pretty fun team. And uh, as always, these teams are on VictoryRoadVGC.com and just navigate to the uh, the page uh, for this specific tournament. And you can find the uh, EV list versions of these teams here. So if you are interested in trying any of these for yourself, just take the EV spreads that you would, uh, you know, that you have in the box for any of these and uh, give it a try uh, if you aren't able to find a team report or rental code for any of these teams. Um, it's a good way to uh, just kind of experiment with what's doing well. Um, we probably don't have time to talk about too many of the other teams in the cut here, but I'll just give some, like, quick shout-outs. Like, the, you know, here in fifth is a Ditto. A Ditto and Milotic. Oh, man, that team is crazy. Wait, no! Oh, you're kidding me. I ran Ditto in this tournament. Oh. Yeah, Ditto, and you were not the, uh, the only one. Ditto is going was... crazy. Um, I, I, Aaron already mentioned, but, uh, seeing Marcus in top 16 is just exciting to me as a, uh, older player, considering that... Marcus uh, doesn't play as much as he used to, and whenever he does, uh, you know, he's just flexes the ability to, I don't know, his just extreme Pokemon skill, and it's always just like, man, that guy is good. Um, then we see, um, you know, so, some Mimikyu scattered throughout uh, Palkia um, in Top 16. Uh, hold on, there were some other things that I want to mention. Uh, Billa using the same team as Marcus. Um, and then there's, there's, there's uh, Dialga. Um, uh, Dialga making a, uh, you know, a big appearance for a Pokemon that, uh, everybody was a lot more scared of weeks ago. And then lastly, we have both Truths and Ideals here rounding out the, uh, top 24. Um, we have Zekrom and Reshiram hanging out together in 22 and 23. Um, 
these teams are definitely uh, strong enough to, you know, make the cut at this tournament, but uh, not strong enough to make it all the way. Um, if you want to learn more about those teams, again, another plug for uh, Victory Road VGC. Go uh, check this out uh, on their website. Um, but yeah, we've we've got barely any time left, uh, and we probably want to hear uh, Aaron's opinions on just one more thing, if he uh, if he can bear it to give us any more oh, of his yeah. time. Um, that is uh, Players Three Players Cup Three is uh, coming up this uh, coming weekend. You will be playing in it, right? Uh, as I, as will I. And um, uh, this isn't going to be relevant for over a month. But um, Aaron, you've heard the news about the the finals you know winners finals losers finals and grand finals being a best of five um and i wanted to ask what did you think uh about this when you saw it mm-hmm. i was a little disappointed <laughs> um <laughs> because uh i don't think that there's much value that you get of a best of five that you don't get of a best of three um especially in top sets um, so, like, my experience, sort of like watching players prepare for, uh, national, uh, finals, I mean, well, international finals for world finals, right, um, is, uh, those games are more often than not to zeros, um, because, uh, you know, when the, the clocks, like, you know, when you have time to prepare, um, you know, you, you can really exploit a difference in your opponent's team. Like, for all intents and purposes, those games are practically open team sheet, right? Um, mm-hmm. and like, I, I'm just reminded of some of the speed of, uh, those finals. Um, and I don't think that making the finals, uh, best of five really helps that. Um, I, uh, I think the, the, the solution to that, <laughs> Um, is to sort of have the games happen sooner um, or for there to be more ambiguity on who your opponent might be. Like, just for example, like, uh, maybe top four should happen on the last day of the tournament rather than just the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so, uh, I mean, it is cool. Uh, so Pokey Alex uh, and uh, Bevzy have been challenging uh, people to best of fives on their channel. So they took on, uh, Yuki Zeninovich and, uh, Gebebo, uh, in a best of five. And I heard that that was a lot of fun and it went to five games and it was great. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, the other thing I want to highlight is that Wolf versus, uh, Wolf versus Davide, Davide Carrer, um, in the finals of Players Cup 2. That was not only a loser's, uh, run back. From, uh, you know, Wolf lost to Davide in round two of the bracket and then made his way through the losers and then took it in four straight games against Davide in the finals. But, um, Davide had a team that was, it could kind of do whatever it wanted on leads and you really just had to guess what was about to happen. Um, and that is not something I would want the possibility to play 10 games of Pokemon. I, like, again, like 10 games of high level Pokemon. Oh my God. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Aaron, I share a lot of the, uh, the opinions you've mentioned already, like, uh, the idea that, you know, th- those finals that, uh, end up often being 2-0s because prep time, uh, does lead to just, you know, exploiting, you know, the strongest part of your matchup versus theirs. Um, and it, it, I do think that, you know, top four in the last day, top eight, if you can afford it, uh, does make those matches a lot more interesting because you don't have enough time to premeditate everything. Um, so that's, those are both really good points that you brought up. And, 
Uh, yeah, like we uh, Stephen and I talked about this last week, but yeah, the idea of playing uh, ten games against somebody when you know maybe the matchup is decided by uh, a coin flip play on the lead can you know it, it, I don't think that could be good for viewership at all. I don't know. It just doesn't sound like that's going to be. Maybe the casuals will love it, but as a uh, as a veteran, it's just going to be like, uh, I'm just going to turn this off. Yeah. Two, yeah, like, the first thing is, uh, if you're gonna play, let's say you play nine sets of Pokemon at a regional, the most games you can play is 27, and the least you can play is 18. Um, and 10 is very close to being, like, a half or a third of one of those. And those regionals will really take, like, they'll, they'll push you to your limits, sort of like, uh, physically. Um, and uh, I wouldn't really wish that on anyone playing high stakes Pokemon at home to just sit there, uh, you know, grinding very like uh, emotionally taxing, cognitively taxing games. Um, the other thing, though, I think this is kind of cool is that, you know, they are willing to experiment with the tournament format. Um, and, uh, you know, if this and, you know, our uh, sort of uh, bearish case on this uh uh, like, if it ends up, like, panning out, you know, like, you know, it's not as great in a, you know, viewership tanks, like, maybe we won't see it, but, like, if it's something great for our game, it can be something great for our game at, a Worlds or something. Um, that's what it reads like to me. Yeah, so a lot of valid points there. This uh, also very much feels like kind of a PR move from Pokemon, just to be like, well, we need to make some of our events turn into best of five so we look more esports, kind of like the rest of them. Mm-hmm, that's a fair point. I'll take more esports. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of valid points, a lot of uh, things I think we share sentiments about. But um, ultimately, we'll have a month to kind of wait and see how this pans out. And, you know, we can make more determinations about our opinions on it later. Um, and, you know, how it actually turned out for this Players' Cup 3. But, um, you know, good luck to both of you playing in Players' Cup 3 this weekend. I know we've got a uh, all four regions rolling coming up. And we will see what comes out of this weekend. So best of luck. Um, and the last thing we just want to mention for this episode here is that my attendance on the show in the future is going to be pretty spotty until about mid-June. Um, I'm just getting a lot busier. So the listeners out there, you're mostly going to see Alex in charge here for a good while. I'll be popping in uh, every now and then, but I won't be a regular for until about mid-June, I want to say. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a little bit crazy here because uh, I don't know what I'm doing, but it'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll learn together. Uh, just uh, just put up with me. It's gonna be fun. You got this. I believe. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what a relief! Yeah, so Alex will be uh, taking over the primary host role for a while. Um, I'll still be working behind the scenes. You know, editor, producer, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, Alex and I are still a team. And Aaron, of course, you are our valued teammate, too. You know, I will miss all of you, but I will still be, uh, you know, here for the show. Now, uh, with that, you know, I think we're just about out of time here. And I just want to say thank you to Aaron for being on here with us. We really appreciate your time and your thoughts and input on this show. So, Aaron, thank you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure.
Thank you, Aaron. Always great talking with you. And with that, I will tell all of you that you can find our show all over the place. Say, for example, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, some of the highlight ones there. But we're all over on a bunch of different platforms. You can leave us a review, say, on Apple Podcasts to help with visibility so that others can discover the show. You can also send your comments, questions, and feedback to our email, vgcharpervoice at gmail.com. And you can do the same things uh, on Facebook or on Twitter where we are at the Hypervoice. Um, you can also tell your friends about this show if they're interested in a show about competitive Pokemon. Let them know. And you can also find the three of us personally on Twitter as well. You can follow me at Super Morioka. Alex, where can people follow you? You can follow me at Lexicon VGC. And Aaron, where can people follow you? You can follow me at TBF. That's T as in taco, B as in boy, F as in flower. Unreality on Twitter. That's not the NATO phonetic alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Excellent. Well, thank you, the listeners, so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And stay tuned for more of the Hubbard Voice. Alola. Alola.